bucks. Never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, the fan, along with our guy, Nathan Marzion, Bucks super fan. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. And uh, earlier, just before we came on the air, put out this handy dandy little uh, chart showing you Brooke Lopez shots uh, prior to the Bucks and then the post uh, Bucks era with Mike Boonholzer changing his game all over the place. That was very informative and very nicely done, Nathan Marzian. It really showed uh, how much better he has become at not only taking three point shots, but making three point shots. Thank you. Yeah, I was, I was just, you know, on this site that, you know, you look at NBA shot charts and stuff. And I was like, Oh, you know who I should look at is Brooke Lopez. And I was looking at because I mean, I know obviously everyone knows about how he changed his game and barely took any threes. I mean, literally in the first eight years of his career, he took 33s. And in the last, however many, like since then he's taken like 4,000 or something like that. I don't know. It's a lot, but yeah, it's, it's just crazy how much he's changed his, uh, changed his game to last longer and survive and, you know, really just be able to, to thrive in the modern NBA. And we, you know, we see how good he is on the defensive end combined with how good he, now he is on offense in this, in this day and age. He's, he's a monster. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and he he's played really well this year. And I think everybody has taken note of that. Some talk of defensive player of the year and so forth. I'm not sure if he'll win it, but uh, there's some talk of it. Let's go over the last three games before we get into our uh, first topic. Uh, first of all, Utah, that was a preseason scrimmage, I felt like, uh, to me. it was. I turned it off. I got bored with it. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm not watching the rest of this game. 144 to 116. If I know me, some Nathan Marzian, he watched the whole game. Uh, all right, Marzian, uh, what did you take away from the Utah game? I mean, there's not much to take away from it. It was just like, okay, I'm glad we – at the time, I was glad we got the win and got the guys rested for the fourth to get ready for Denver and you know, at least give them a, you know, give them a chance to play and – play well and whatever. Um, and Pat Connaughton got going late, Yep, which made me think, is this the turning point for Pat? I know. I saw you on Twitter. I, 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 I know. I was thinking of you. Grayson Allen had a nice game. And it was not. It was not the turning point. So, That's yeah. But it, I mean, it, it was just one of those games where you're like, okay, it's same with the Pistons game yesterday. Like, just take care of business. You know, don't mess around too much. And yesterday was a little bit different because we had our guys out, but it was just kind of one of those games where you're like, Please don't lose this game. And they didn't. So Pistons game yesterday. Uh, people tweeting about, oh, Bud doesn't care. Look at the crap he's got on the floor altogether. He doesn't even care about this game. Look at this. I literally had to get to my Twitter account and be like, please stop. Like, just stop. The Pistons are horrible. If he wants to experiment with whatever lineup he wants to experiment with, let the man experiment. Like, it does not matter. They're not losing this game. I don't care what happens. They're not losing this basketball game. Uh, and they didn't lose the basketball game. They got close at the end. I know people were freaking out, but again, and it was never really in any any doubt necessarily. Without a holiday, without Giannis, uh, you should still be able to win the game. What if the Pistons lost like sixteen to seventeen or something crazy like that going into that game? They're god awful now. Again, if you're a Pistons fan though, Marzian, you're thinking Wembenyama, 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 because that's what you're hoping the payoff is for this god-awful season that you're watching because they do have some young pieces on that team yeah there's some talent there i mean as with most of the bad teams in the nba like there's there's very few if i mean i don't think there's honestly any besides maybe the spurs that it's like you don't have you're you're, you're terrible right now 
and there's not a ton of good young talent on your team. The Spurs have a couple guys, but like nothing special. Um, but it's like, you know, I, I don't know, teams like the Rockets and teams like the Pistons and those, like you have something there, obviously the Thunder who are competing for a playoff spot right now, but it's like you have something there and it's okay. Let's try to add something to it. And let's try to, you know, if you can draft somebody like Wembenyama or someone who turns out to be a stud, all of a sudden, you know, these other guys develop, all of a sudden you have something and you have a team that's competitive and you're trying to grow it from there. So, yeah. And I mean, as you said, with that game, it's like, it was close for a while and you could tell the Bucks kind of just turned it on when they wanted to. Chris was really good. And, you know, I'm never going to freak out about what they're doing in those games. As you said, like, that's the type of game where you want to be experimenting with stuff and you want to be trying different stuff out. And I, I had the same stuff where people kind of, middle of the game are like oh you know what are we doing like i don't and it's like who cares you know and even before the game when Giannis and drew were announced as out people are like we need these wins like these are important i'm like guys we're it like it it makes logical sense to bench them and give them extra rest yeah drew has something going on it wasn't because he didn't want to play he had something going on where he left the team or whatever yeah but i'm like it makes sense that you would let them, you know, sit out in the games where you can win without them and try to maximize the number of wins you get instead of playing them in these games and then right. they're you know, not able to play against Boston or they're not able to play super well against Boston. It just, it makes sense. Like, it, it's okay. We're going to still beat the Pistons without them. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with what you said, though. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the, the Nuggets game. Uh, they got hammered pretty good in that one, 129 to 106. But going into that one, we were talking about Giannis and the matchup against Jokic and then eventually uh, Embiid. But Giannis versus Jokic, and then after that, Jokic got a matchup against Embiid. And we'll get to that eventually uh, as well here. But Giannis versus Jokic, if you just look at the numbers, 31, 9, and 4 for Giannis, 13 to 22 from the floor, 0 of 3 uh, from 3. Uh, the Joker, 10 of 20, one of six from three, six boards, 11 assists, uh, 31 points. Relatively even numbers uh, for the most part. I don't think there was a decided edge one way or the other in the MVP race based on that one matchup, Nathan. No, there definitely wasn't. And, I mean, it, it was one of those games where it felt like, okay, Giannis's teammates missed a bunch of shots and Jokic's teammates, teammates hit a lot more shots. And it just – All Murray especially. Yeah, and so it was just one of those things where, I mean, the best player on each team like wasn't significantly better than the other best player. They weren't and, – and they don't – like, they, they don't play head-to-head like that where they're guarding each other the entire time. And, like, Jokic was more against Brooke. Like, Brooke was guarding him defensively and stuff like that. It it wasn't like a 1v1 battle out there. And I think they both played well. I don't think either one was, like, bad or anything. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it was, just came down to – I mean, the Bucks supporting cast is better than the Nuggets supporting cast, I think, by a long shot. But in that game, you know, again, Jamal Murray stepped up huge, and they just hit many more shots than the Bucks did. I think – I don't remember what we shot from three exactly, but it was – 25%. Yeah, it was not good. But, but see, this goes back to what we said in the last podcast. This is what I'm afraid of in a playoff series is not shooting threes and not shooting that three well, and you're in trouble because, as we've talked about, that's what this whole offense is based on, and like every other NBA offense. If you don't shoot the three wells, you're going to be in trouble. And yet again, you look at that that matchup. How many times did Brooke Lopez have his back to the basket working to get shots? And we just got doing the same thing we always do. I that it's is is so frustrating because when you watch that game, you clearly see this is going to be over quick if somebody doesn't get hot from outside. And it didn't. 
They did nothing to counter it. Of like, okay, well, it's not. We're not feeling it tonight. So, as I like to say, let's go to Plan B. When our threes aren't working, let's make the adjustment to what we're going to do in a situation in which our threes aren't falling. Now, again, is this a must-win game? Absolutely not. It's not a must-win game by any stretch of the imagination. But it is definitely a, a scenario in which, when you're playing another good basketball team, if the three-point shot isn't falling, what then are you going to do to try and score the basketball? to keep yourself in these basketball games. And that's where I struggle right now with this team is, where's that going to happen? And I'll tell you, the other thing that is occurring, that we talked about occurring, and that is Drew Holiday, going back to what Drew Holiday was prior to Chris Middleton being out and not being in the starting lineup. I mean, this is the same thing. We're back to, in the shadows, Drew Holiday, and it's all about Middleton and Giannis, and we're back to the same scenario we were in again, the last couple of years. It's not the same aggressive, go get him, Drew Holiday. At least not from what I'm watching. You can tell me if, if you think I'm wrong. But for me, it looks like we're going right back to where we were before with these three guys. I mean, it's gonna, he's gonna take a little bit of a step back. Like you're you're not going to be the same player when you add in another 20 point per game scorer on the team. Um, you know, I I don't I'm not worried about Drew. I I'm not worried about any of the big three. I'm not like I'm not even gonna entertain that stuff be only because it's like we i trust those guys like we've seen them work together before and work well together and they they know where they stand with each other there's yep. no there's no you know oh i want to be the guy and I, whatever it, i'm it i'm not worried about it and i'm not expecting him to be fantastic offensively drew that is i'm not expecting him to be fantastic offensively in the playoffs because you expect him to ramp up the defense and just focus more on the defensive end and the offensive end a little bit and let Giannis and Chris and the shooters kind of take over the offense. So he's good enough that that should not be the case. He should not be put in a corner and told, go play defense. We're not concerned about your offense. He needs to go get him his damn points. That's what makes this team dangerous. When you've got three guys night in and night out, they're going to put up 20, 25 points every night. That's what makes a big three, a big three. And he could be, that he could go still get his 20 a night if he got more aggressive within this offense instead of again kind of passing it off to the other two and letting them go play their style of basketball. I'm not saying those two like I'm not saying Middleton should only shoot eight shots a game or Giannis should only shoot 12 shots a game. I'm not saying that, but in place of Pat Connaughton taking his shots and some of these other guys taking their shots, Holiday should be going and hunting for his shot as well in these games, like he is when Middleton is out or Giannis is out. Going, he's still even when I say he's gonna let like they're gonna take over the offense more. Drew's gonna score around twenty ish a game, but it's gonna be an inefficient twenty. It's gonna be a little bit of an ugly twenty. It's not gonna be the same. He's not gonna shoot it as well. His three point percentage is probably gonna drop from thirty eight, thirty nine to low thirties as it always does in the playoffs. He's gonna be struggle to finish a little bit more because again, I just think it's because of him putting in more effort on the defensive end, it's just going to hurt your offense. Like that's, that's what's going to likely happen. And if it doesn't, okay, we're probably winning the title because if you get a fantastic drew, exactly with a good Chris and Giannis, you're winning the title. Like I, yep. that's something that almost just says to me, like if, if they get all three of them playing well, they're it's over. But even with, I mean, again, I, we kind of expect it to be a little bit more of, okay, Drew's going to focus on defense. His offense won't be as reliable. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying he should be, deferring or like not get the ball as much stand in the corner. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I am not expecting him to be as efficient and as good offensively, but he'll still be involved. He'll still have the ball quite a bit. 
I have another I Connor for you. To what you said about line. right to what you said about Holiday. Do you say the same thing about Giannis when he has to guard uh, Durant, a, or no, if he Giannis has to is, guard the Joker, or Middleton if he's got to guard Jalen Brown or Tatum, or whatever on the other end? Is the same expectation of if they have to work hard on defense, then I expect a drop on offense because I will tell you my answer. Yeah, I do. And that's why I don't want Giannis matched up against Joker, why I don't want Giannis matched up against Embiid, because it does take out and exert a lot of energy out of these guys when they got to go hard on the other side of the floor as well. And as an NBA fan, you can say, Sparky, you're weak, you're soft, whatever. They should be able to play hard on both sides. Fine. Maybe I am. But I think there is something to that going forward. And I think what you said about Holiday is right. And that probably is why it affects his offense on the other side of the floor and that is probably also why they don't like playing Giannis against really great players. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do agree with that. But with Giannis, it's a little bit different because he's another level to me where he can do it a little like, and his offense is just so unstoppable that there's nothing he can do defensively. The amount of effort he's putting in defensively, I'm still going to believe that, okay, he's going to get to the hole every time. He's going to be able to do what he wants offensively, get to the line, et cetera. But yes, I mean, Theoretically, like I, I do still agree with that. And I'm not, you know, I'm much more of I want him as a help defender. I want him to be doing what he does best defensively and preserving some of his energy for offense and not playing a ton of, you know, on ball defense against perimeter guys and having to stay with them or chase them around or whatever. Um, and that's the thing is like, that's the other thing. I, I don't think it affects someone like Brooke nearly as much where, yes, he's involved a ton defensively. He has to be very good defensively, but his job is more stay in the paint, put a hand up, you know, come out a little bit, but he's not moving around a ton. He's not exerting a, a, a ton of energy. Whereas Drew is, you know, picking him up three quarter court and chasing these guys around and getting through screen. And it's like, that's just going to take a physical toll yep. on you compared to how some of the bigs usually play defense. Maybe um, it, it's just a different, it's a different beast for Drew. And I think that it's just something that always is probably going to affect him offensively. I like the idea of Brooke Lopez taking Joker one-on-one and letting him be it, uh, not asking for a lot of help, saying go get him. I think that should be the same mentality if they get filling the playoffs with Embiid. And, you know, they haven't had uh, the backup center healthy necessarily. He's been out the last couple of games. He's got six fouls. Use him. Use him if you get Embiid or if you get the Joker. Don't worry about Bobby Portis because you need bigs to deal with both of those guys going forward. So Giannis versus Joker, wash, right? Then it's Joker versus Embiid after Embiid's running his mouth about Joker not playing defense and all this other stuff, and then Embiid decides, well, or the team, I shouldn't say just him, somebody decides in Philadelphia that he's not going to play that game uh, against the Joker after all. And rightfully so, he caught a lot of flack from everybody on social media, including former NBA players, for ducking ducking the smoke, as they like to say, uh, against the Joker. Does he deserve the smoke in your mind for ducking that game? because of what he said right but coming up to it i can understand like truthfully if he hadn't said stuff and he and it had just come out that he's not playing like there would be a little bit of me because i don't like him beat i i'd say yeah that's that's disappointing and he's he's a little scared but and i'm not even saying scared because i'm not saying he doesn't think he can beat Jokic, but i think he's he knows he's ahead of him he doesn't want to risk doing something to like change Hurt. the voter completely sway it so he's kind of just saying i'll take my I'll take my 80% chance at winning it compared to, you know, taking a, either I get a hundred percent chance of winning it and dominate him again or right. drop below 50. Like he'd rather just stay at that 80. And 
I, I can understand, it, again, if he had just come out and said, I'm not playing without any of the, the trash talk, it wouldn't have been as bad because it doesn't, that game did not mean a ton to Philly. They're, they're kind of locked into the three. They could maybe fall to the four, but they could, they're kind of locked in. They're playing a Western Conference opponent. And so you, and they just played a, a you know, couple tough stretch and a couple, three games in four days or whatever it was. I don't know what it was, but you could make an argument that, okay, we don't need to really play him. He got hurt in the last game a little bit at the end and sat out the second half ish. Okay. There's maybe a little bit more of a reason to, to sit out and just wait. But when you come out and say that stuff and then sit out, it, you you have to just expect that that kind of backlash. And it's like, I mean, what do you expect is going to happen? You're going to get a lot of flack for that. And so, yeah, I, I just thought it was dumb to, to, go on an interview and say stuff. And then all of a sudden, no, I'm not playing. Um, yeah. I just, obviously I think that's, that's pretty, pretty dumb. All right. So that's topic number one. Let's go to topic number two and a topic we've talked about in the past, but I, I've seen more of it now going on social media. How would you fix the NBA issue of players resting? Uh, I, I saw a couple of tweets went back and forth. Tony in Texas on Twitter, a uh, loyal follower of WSSP, big fan of Bart Winkler show podcast uh, was talking about, you know, if your dad worked at, you know, an auto factory in Detroit or whatever the case may be and spent up all of his money and took his family to go see Giannis and Giannis isn't playing in Detroit. That's crap. Like that's, that's not right. That's not fair. Da, 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 da. Then I saw some other dude wearing a Philly Jersey that was at the game with uh, the nuggets and pretty much saying, you know, saved up all my money, spent all this money for tickets. Uh, and then Embiid's not playing. Uh, and that dude was all hacked off. I, I saw on social media, a lot of people were running with that uh, going forward. Again, we've talked about this in the past. So what do you do? Like, I, I don't, because with Giannis, my reply was, I don't know how bad his knee is. This has been a thing going on for months. This isn't something that just necessarily came up. Like, oh, he's got knee soreness conveniently in Detroit for the first time all year. That's not, this has been going back. He missed what, five games in a row, was it? Or six games in a row earlier in the year, Nathan? Uh, and they were talking about that knee. So I don't know how bad this knee is. Like Middleton's getting rest on back-to-backs. Giannis should get rest on back-to-back as well if that knee's an issue. The Embiid thing, could he have played? I'm guessing if it was a playoff game, he would have played. I'm guessing if it was a playoff game, Giannis would have figured out how to get on the floor uh, and play as well. I, I don't I don't know how Adam Silver fixes this as a year-round issue going forward. I gave you the idea of not having back-to-backs at the end of the year. We discussed that in the past. But for a year-round thing, I, I, don't, I don't know what they necessarily do other than saying, if you're going to rest, you have to sit at home. But then how are you going to prove that you're resting them versus a, it's a legitimate injury? That, that's the issue. Because if Silver goes, Giannis, you should have played. My knee hurts. No, it doesn't hurt that much. you got to get out there and play. How the hell are they going to prove how much Giannis's knee hurts, whether or not he can play? They're screwed on this deal, I think. I don't know what really they can do about it. Yeah, I it it's such a hard thing. I don't think a lot of these guys are completely just making up injuries. Like you said, I, I think there are things that, yes, I do have a little bit of a lingering, you know, knee soreness or just whatever the case may be. Now, obviously like they, I think they look at the schedule and say, okay, Pistons and, you know, we got Boston coming up, which is a huge, huge game. And yes, I'm still dealing with this lingering thing. I could play on it. Yes. But if it's still lingering a little bit, or if it's still there at all, why should I play on it? Okay. I'm going to rest. And I don't have a problem with that, but to me, I, I just think if, if, if guys miss, you know, if the star players, I'm not expecting them to go play 80, 82 games, you know, whatever. 
but I would, I want it to be, you know, 70 to 75. I, and Giannis and Embiid are going to end up probably in the like 60, high 60s probably. And that to me is, it's not terrible, but it's just a little bit too much where, okay, eliminate some of these back-to-backs either by taking a few games away from regular season, which they're not going to do, or extend the regular season like a month and basically play the playoffs at the time that we had them in 2021, where it was May to July. And then that way, if you extend them a little bit, you can kind of eliminate some back-to-backs from having to happen in the schedule just because you have more time. Cause I don't expect them to take away games. They're not money wise. Like they're not going to, lim- they're not going to shorten the season. And so to me, that's probably the best idea is, you know, take a little bit shorter off season, but then you get more like each game is you have breaks in between during the season. And it's not as, you know, you're not going to be playing as many three games in four days, back to backs, whatever the, whatever the case is. But it, like you said, it's hard because you can't prove if these are real or, or fake injuries and it, I, I just, I don't think there is anything wrong with taking a regular season, fairly meaningless game and saying, I'm going to push this to the side and prioritize making sure I'm okay for the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, as, as fans, as much as you, you know, you go to a game and you want to see Giannis play. And I, I would a hundred times rather see Giannis go win a championship for me in three months, even on my couch, than I would, Go see Giannis play in person in a regular season game. But that's as a Bucks fan. That's not as a visiting fan. You know, like when Kobe Bryant would come to, to, to Milwaukee, people bought Lakers tickets because they wanted to see Kobe or they wanted to see Jordan and the Bulls when they came to the Bradley Center play. If you're a Detroit Pistons fan, yeah, you have uh, Ivy and, and those guys, but that's not Giannis. So when Giannis comes, you circle it on the calendar, right? And you tell little Johnny, Johnny, we're going to go. Daddy's going to get you some tickets. We're going to go to this game six months from now, five months from now, right? When tickets are available. And this is going to be great. So little Johnny's all excited. I get to see your greatest player in basketball. They go to the game. Uh, no Giannis. That, 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 I think, is where the rift is. I don't think the rift is with Bucks fans necessarily of being mad that Giannis isn't playing. I think the rift is just this growing sentiment around the league of when a road team comes in or whatever the case may be, there's no guarantee you're going to see that superstar player after you spend all your money where you don't have that in the NFL, right? If Aaron Rodgers is quarterback three mid Packers, you expect him to be there every week. And if he's not, he broke his leg. He broke his collarbone. Something horrible happened. And obviously he's not going to play. You don't get these rest days in the national football league. You don't even really get rest days in major league baseball outside of the, you know, Sundays, maybe you don't get the full lineup. But outside of that, normally you get those full lineups. Yeah. I just think people have to look at basketball a little bit differently. It's not baseball. You're putting in a lot more energy into the game and you can play, you know, those guys play almost every day because it's not as much of a physically demanding sport. Whereas basketball it is, and you're playing three, four times a week compared to once a week in the NFL, which obviously is the most physical sport, but it's like, okay, playing once a week, very physical compared to four times a week, you know, pretty physical compared to six times a week, not physical at all. The, the four times a week, pretty physical is like the worst one. Like that's going to be the one that. What about hockey? Need... Do they have a resting team. issue in hockey? Cause I haven't heard about it. If they do. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, but I also more physical than basketball. It's more physical, but it's not. Do you, I, I, I mean, I don't play hockey. Do you use as much energy because you're not running, you're skating. That's way harder than running. It's harder, but does it use more energy? I would think so. And you've got pads on. 
You got pads on, you got a helmet on, you're sweating, you're banging into boards, everything I don't else. I, 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 don't yeah, know, I, don't, I don't know enough about hockey to have an opinion on this, but all I'm saying is I just think you do have to, you do have to, I, th- I think fans should just have a bit of a different mindset when it comes to NBA. And when you're buying tickets, it's like, just know that there is a chance, you know, don't buy tickets too far in advance because there is a chance. And especially when you look at team schedules, look at, okay, if you're a Pistons fan, and the other game against Boston coming up, and it's a huge game, and they're playing you right before, have an idea of, okay, they might not play everyone in this game. Whereas if you're a fan of, you know, again, the Celtics, and you can see the Bucs in the schedule, you know, okay, they're probably going to play those guys in that game because it's, it's, it's the Celtics, and it's a huge game. Like, you have to have some knowledge of that before just buying tickets and then getting all upset about this guy's not playing. Because, again, I, I don't know. Do you think it's those players' job to – every single night during the regular season make opposing fans happy that they got to see their them play or is it their job to say no i'm gonna go win a championship for my city in in three months and whoever gets to see me from now until then i don't care but i'm gonna make sure i gotta do what i gotta do to win a championship because to me the championship is far more important i'm sorry to the people that don't get to see Giannis play Jokic play Embiid play during the regular season i just it their their main priority is winning a championship as long as they're playing, you know, they're still playing 70-ish games, 65, 70 games. That that isn't it's not like they're sitting half of the games. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't know. So that's an interesting point. I think I'd like to hear that question asked to NBA players around the league. Like Sports Illustrated, somebody should ask that question. How do you view your job? Is your job to entertain every night when you're on the floor? Or is your job to conserve energy and try and figure out how to win an NBA championship at the end of the season? Because I think you would get different answers from different guys. I believe that there are a lot of guys in this league that are looking at it going, my job is to entertain the fans that come there. They're, that fan may never have a chance to ever see me play again. I'm going to give it my all every time I have the opportunity to go out there because I remember being a kid and not getting to go to a lot of games. And when I wanted to go see AI or whoever – I want to see AI show out and, and be that guy. And I think there's a lot of that thought. But I think you're right, Nathan, that a lot of guys now, especially if you're on a team that's winning a lot, yeah, so are looking say. at the championship aspect versus if you're Ivy and the Pistons and the season's over, obviously that's not what it is. And then what becomes the mindset of those players? And I want to hear what Silver would say to that. Do you expect your players to go out there and entertain every night at a high level or do you expect them to go about a season and trying to win a championship? And he may say, I expect both. I expect them to play every game and entertain every night. And if that comes along with the championship, so be it, that obviously should be the end goal, but I don't think one should have anything to do with the other, Nathan. Yeah, I agree. He'd probably say both. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's super unfair to ask both. I like they get paid a ton. They condition for this stuff. They prepare for this stuff. You know, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say to these freak athletes, hey, go out and play, you know, 75 to 80 out of 82 games and still be able to win a title, whatever. But I just, I mean, again, I do. And, and a lot of this is just now being a championship contender for years. It changes your opinion on it a little bit. Cause you know, you know, like, okay, the, the finals run that we saw in 2021 was a hundred million times better than any regular season that we've ever had. You know, 
it, that blows everything out of the water. And so you're like, yeah, I'll sacrifice seeing Giannis in some regular season games, seeing any player in some regular season games to, you know, have that again. And for smaller teams and, and players on worse teams, like that probably doesn't, it, it isn't as easy to understand. And it's a little bit more like, no, like we just want to see you play. But again, I just, I don't know. To me, I've started to just, and now I'm, I don't even know where I was on this before. I probably was a little bit more on the, you know, I don't like all the rest. And I, I don't, I still don't. I'm not saying I like the rest. It's just, I, I do get it. I do say to myself, you know, even when my dad gets upset, like all oh, they're like earlier in the season, the Bucks had that plenty of games, all those games where guys were sitting out and they never were healthy and they always had somebody out and they just, my dad was getting all frustrated. I'm like, dad, are you going to remember this game in, in December right now? Or are you going to remember winning a title? Like I, I said, what name me a 2021 regular season game that you remember from December. And he couldn't. And I'm like, no. exactly. Like it's the playoffs. Like we're, we're gearing up for the playoffs. And so that's just, that's, that's how I've started to look at it. Do you more. think do, in our lifetime, and you're going to live longer than me, but do you think in our lifetime, we will see a player sit out a playoff game and say, I got to get my rest. We're up three, nothing series is pretty much over. I'm not playing this game. I need an extra couple of days of rest for my sword knee or whatever the case may be. Even if we don't, even if we don't win, then fine. But we got this series wrapped up. I'm going to rest. You could see even like this year, let's say the Bucks go up three Oh, in the first round and Giannis re-aggravates his injury a little bit in game three. And yes, he could play, you know, it's, it, it doesn't seem like it's that serious. There would be a discussion about it on Twitter and on, among fans. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he did sit and he was like, nah, you know, if we lose, okay, I'll start playing again. But why would I play in this, in this game and risk, you know, we got Philly coming yep. up. We got Boston coming up. Why would I do that? Because again, I, you're silver you're is going to lose his mind as star star city on playoff games. I tell I, you, it would, he's going to go so nuts. Rare. It would be so rare because you'd have to have a commanding lead in the series and the game sure. would have to be pretty meaningless. So it, it, it'd be so rare. It would happen maybe once, you know, for a player in the whole span of the, the playoffs, maybe, but yeah. He is Nathan Marzian, Bucks super fan. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. A Twitter poll Thursday comes up this week. Uh, I can't wait to see what Nathan Marzian comes up for the Twitter poll question this Thursday. Follow him again at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. That'll do it for another edition of Green and Growing. Also, don't forget YouTube. We're not putting our episodes on YouTube as well. If you want to check them out, they go up a couple days after they go up to uh, Odyssey and Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple and that whole deal. Uh, so, yeah, still on uh, YouTube as well. Have a good one, y'all. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll be back talking to you later in the week. Toodles.